This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Jason Burns and Access Church in Lakeland, Florida. For more information, visit access.tv. Hey, well, good morning, Access Church. How you feeling? That's what I'm talking about, man. So excited that you are here with us. Good morning. And for those of us worshiping online, good morning. Come on, church family. Can we put our hands together for everybody worshiping with us online? Come on. There we go. So excited that you are with us. If we've never met, my name is Isaiah. I'm our youth pastor here. So glad that you are are with us, man. It's going to be a great, already is a great day, and it's going to continue that way. Listen, I'm like, uh, I think I'm like 18 hours uh, since I got here. (laughs) We were in Mexico. There was a a team of us from this church. We got back late last night um, from Mexico, having been there a week, and it was an incredible time. My heart is full this morning. I got to show you a couple pictures. Let me show you what we did. So this is a picture of us. Here's what we did, church family. For, For the last week, we built two homes for widows in Chiapas, Mexico. It was an incredible time. Yes, you can make some noise for that. I told him, I said, listen, I'm not that handy. I'll go on the trip. I'm just not that handy, but, but whatever. It was a great time. This lady right here, she was so sweet. Her husband passed last year, but we were able to, uh, to give her this home. It was an incredible time. Here's what you need to know. and Connect the dots here with your generosity. Uh, months ago, we were able to send money to Chiapas, and we were able to begin the, the construction on these homes, and then this last week, we finished that. But that happens because of our generosity. So the point I'm trying to make with this is like when we give here, especially through Legacy, it goes not only to change our, our city. We love Lakeland, but also around the world. So this was incredible. Show me the next one. I got to show you this. This is beautiful. This is like uh, the next picture should have like the exterior of the home. But if we don't have it, then we don't have it. But anyway, you can hit it. All right, don't matter. Anyway, the, the home is beautiful. And, and what you need to know about the homes that we're, we're creating for them is that, that these will outlast, this will outlast this lady, it'll outlast her kids and probably her grandkids. And so, like, it's just incredible. Like, so the, these homes, like, generations will see that Access Church had had an implant over here. So I just want you to know it was amazing. So I might speak in Spanish today. You just never know. Um, I'm breaking barriers because I have been learning some Spanish, and I preached an all-Spanish message. I was the first black person to speak all in Spanish at that church. Just trying to say, I'm out here, you know. Uh, just, I had to have fun with that one. I, it's true, though. It was a great time, though. And so, uh, man, a great time. Again, seriously, thank you for your generosity. It goes so far, and it was an amazing trip. And you also should go on a trip next year with us. We're going right back there, and I love it. All right, um, the next thing I want to say is this. November 9th, so that's not this Wednesday, next Wednesday, uh, we're going to have our Revival Nights, and that's going to be an incredible time with Pastor Jimmy Rollins. It'll be right here at 6.30. You need to be here, so come here. I would say come early because it's going to be packed in here, but it's going to be an amazing time. Uh, uh, of worship and the word together. It's going to be great. All right, you guys ready for this? Let's pray and let's jump into our message for today. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for this time that we have. I pray that you would do something so cool in the next few minutes. Talk to us, change us. Um, and I pray that when we leave here, man, we're better than when we came in. When we leave here, we are closer to you than ever. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. So here's the deal. Everybody's afraid of something. I got to start there. Everybody's afraid of something. Now, I struggle because as I was prepping this message, I figured, you know, I want to start it, you know, prefacing that everybody's afraid of something because we all are. But I felt this conviction that I need to share one of my fears. But I'm scared because I don't want my fear to come alive this week. But I'm going to tell you guys straight up, I'm afraid of cats. I'm just going to be honest, man. I'm, I'm afraid of cats. And don't look at me like that. You know you are too. They're mischievous. They're, they're, 
they're just a whole lot, okay? And so I'm afraid of cats. But a while back, here's what happened. I lost a challenge. And because I lost that challenge, I had to hold a cat. And I'm a man of my word. I don't want to do it. But I did it. This is me holding a cat right here. Now, I'm praying in this moment. I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus. I was speaking in Spanish and in English, praying because I thought my life was over. But here's the deal. The cat started to move. I didn't know what to do, so I dropped the cat. This is me dropping the cat. Check this out, man. This, this is crazy. Boom. There it is. I just dropped the cat. I didn't know what to do. Look at my face. I, I was like, uh, I don't know what to do. I, I just didn't know. What, I don't like cats, right? I'm afraid of cats. Look, they're showing it again. Look, look. I mean, it's, it's just, I tried. And here's the worst part. That cat only had three legs. So I apologize about that. If you love cats, man, I'm sorry. Man, my heart goes out to you. You probably hated every minute of that. I'm sorry. But everybody's afraid of something. And you know how it is. Like when, when growing up, you know, your fear might be being afraid of the dark or getting lost or being left alone or something like that. But somehow along the way uh, in our life, our fears kind of graduate, they grow up, and sometimes, you know, you, you're afraid of money and, and financial things, and you might have fears of, 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 man, maybe will I ever get married? When I do get married, how will my kids turn out? Um, you know, if you're a parent in here, you might be like, man, my teenager's driving me nuts. What am I going to do? I, I fear for their future. All of these things happen and much more. We all fear something. And so today what I want to do is talk about fear, but bigger than that, I want to tell you that I think God is over fear. You talk about getting over stuff. I think that God is over fear. In other words, I, it's in your, I mean, you could write this in your notes. God is over fear for us. There's a lot of stuff that we're over, but I think God is over fear for us. God's, I believe, he doesn't want us to have fear. I believe that God doesn't want us to operate and live and be controlled and be ruled by fear. Can you say amen? I really believe that, and so this is, this is where we'll start. But here's the deal, like, where does fear come from? Scientists say, I read this study a couple weeks ago, scientists say that you're only really born with like two fears. It's the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. So really everything else that you're afraid of, we develop over time. And we just pick up along the way. Uh, but I think that fear can come from a lot of different places. Like, I think it's from what we read. Have you ever read something and then you're like, man, now I'm kind of afraid. Like if I was reading something about cats, scratching somebody, or like, I would like, well, man, I'm a little bit afraid now. I'm not going to lie. Because it can come from there. I think fear can come from past experiences. You know, you go through something, and something in the future triggers you, and you start to retreat because you're like, oh, man, this happened to me before. I think fear can come from that way. I think fear can come from the things that people say, right? Have you ever been in a situation where you're like, I never thought about that, but someone said like a remark or a comment, and now you're like, I'm a little bit afraid, you know, and it's just, it's, it's like that. I remember years ago, uh, my oldest niece, she was saying, hey, Uncle Isaiah, like, when you come over our house, you just got to be careful. I'm like, what's wrong? She's like, you just got to be careful. We got a new dog, and he's, he's crazy. Like, he's going to bite you as soon as you walk in. And normally, I don't love dogs. I'm not a dog lover, but I'm not knees buckling at dogs. For cats, yes. Dogs, nah, I'm all right, you know. But the way she began to talk about this dog, I'm like, I don't know if I should go over your house now. Now I'm afraid. And that's a silly example, but so many times in our life we become afraid because of what somebody else said. But I want us to get to where God is, and he's over fear. God is over fear for those of us that call ourselves believers, that are his children. Man, I think that God is over it, and I want to get us to that point today. Some of us, here's the reality, some of us right now, you're, ba you're battling with fear. Some of us, you're battling with fear. You're doing things that you shouldn't be doing, but it's out of fear. Or you're not doing things that you should be doing because it's fear. Some of us, we face fear daily, and I want to help us out 
with that. Now, I do believe there are two types of fear, and you can write these in your notes. The first one, I think there is a good type of fear. I really do. I believe that there's, there is a fear that is good and, and, and that is healthy. You know, fear is connected to caution. Caution is what will make you cross the street only after having looked both ways, right? Caution will make you not reach up on the stove and grab something that's steaming hot, right? So I think that's a good fear. Biblically, I think that there's a good fear. Psalm 111 says this. Boom. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. This, this phrase, the fear of the Lord, is a very popular phrase throughout the Bible. And it's this awe, this awe type of position, this reverential fear for the Lord because he's in charge and he's, he's, he's big and he's powerful. It's kind of like a parent to, um, to their child. Their child will have a good and healthy fear. It's not a fear that, that they're going to harm their child. And, and we shouldn't have a fear that God is going to harm us, but we, do, we should have a fear that, that is humble before the Lord. You understand that? Like there is a difference. That is a good type of fear. You should have that. I remember growing up, certain things I would do. My parents, my mom would say, just wait till your dad finds out. And immediately, I'm like, I'm going number two, because I know even though my dad's not there, he will be, and he's going to find out what I did. And it's not because I felt like he was going to harm me, but I had this respect, right? And there's this fear. And I think that that's how it is with God. He wants to ha us to have this, this good fear of him. And especially in these verses, anytime it talks about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's because there's a humility that has to come. If we're going to get wiser, if we're going to get smarter, if we're going to get to know God, you're going to have to come to this place of humility, and it, and it takes a certain amount of fear to get there. But then there is a bad fear. You write that in your notes. There is a, a bad fear. And this is the fear I want to address today. This is the fear that debilitates us, that controls us, that can hinder us from being all that God wants us to be. Listen, you can't be who God wants you to be uh, without going through some fear. You're going to have to go through it, but you can get over it. Does this make sense? Like, and nobody who did anything amazing for God in the scriptures that we read went at it without fear. But if you're going to accomplish God's purpose, God's plan, God's assignment for your life, you're going to have to get over fear. Somebody say amen. Amen. We're going to have to get over it. There's a couple things, though, I think that, that we can do that will help us in this. If you're going to get over fear, if we're going to get where God is, over fear, first of all, I believe we're going to have to Trust God's care. Everybody say care. I think we're going to have to trust God's care. There's a guy in the Bible, powerful uh, man. His name is Peter. And Peter, he's one of Jesus's like closest like guys, one of his closest friends. It's like an inner three, Peter, James, John. Peter's like, like one of those guys, and, and he's close to Jesus. Um, he's an amazing guy. But later on in his life, he's writing to a group of believers. He's trying to get them to persevere through persecu uh, persecution. They were going through a tough time. They were fearful. They were dismayed, discouraged, no doubt tired, worn out. He's trying to get them to persevere. He knows a little bit of something about persevering through some things. And he writes this, a very popular verse. You may know it. 1 Peter 5, 7. He says, cast how much of your anxiety? He says, cast all of your anxiety on him. The him being Jesus. The him being God. Because he cares. Everybody say cares. Because he cares for you. Now, this sounds nice, Right? And if, like, if you read this tomorrow morning, you're going to feel good about it. But to really get this, like, down inside of your soul, you got to know a little bit of something about Peter. Peter was the dude, yes, he was close to Jesus. But at one point in time, Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law. Show, God shows up big in his life. At one point in time, Jesus helps Peter pay his temple tax, his tax. 
So it was, it was an amazing time. At one point in time, G, uh, Peter, uh, Jesus invites Peter to walk on the water with him. And Peter does. And it's an amazing time. But out of fear, he falls. But right there, Jesus is to pick him up. When it comes, comes to the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus is about to be arrested. Some guys show up to arrest Jesus. Peter wakes up out of a dead sleep and just slices a guy's ear out. Parenthetical pause. You need a friend that's going to swing first and ask questions later. Okay, so get you a friend that doesn't care what's happening. They see you in trouble. They just swing. and just. But in that moment, what happens? Jesus heals this guy's, this guy's ear, and Peter doesn't even get in trouble. Then out of fear... Peter disowns Jesus and denies him three times, and yet after, Jesus restores him. So when Peter's talking about God cares for you, let me tell you, Peter knew something about God caring for him. What I'm trying to tell you, church, is you may just need to know this. God cares for you. When Peter writes this, it's not just like, ah, oh, this is cool. Oh, man, they need to just be uplifted. No, he knew something about God caring. Peter, Jesus had done so much for Peter. So he's writing from a place when he says, you cast all of it, you cast it. Because he said, I know him, I trust him, trusted him, I've tried him, and he's true. So if God's been faithful in your life, you can trust him because he's true. Amen? And so God will take care of us. Write that in your notes. God's going to take care of us. I love this because he says to cast. This word is to throw away from you. So he's like, throw all anxiety away from you. Anxiety leads to worry and worry to fear and all of that. So in other words, and some translations say that, some carriers, cares and worries. We're to throw all of that because God actually cares for you. He actually cares for all of us. The second daughter of the great evangelist, Billy Graham, she said this. Her name is Anne Graham um, Lotz. She said this, God cannot be less than himself. And God is good. Everybody say, God is good. God is good all the time. I love it. God is good and active, and he's faithful, and he, what's this word? He cares. So someone needs to know, in this time of fear, you may have fear sitting here, God cares for you, and he's with you, and he actually cares about what's bugging you and what's causing fear in your life. I think the temptation in our life is, in a time of fear, is to elevate everything else right? We elevate our emotions. We elevate our problems. We elevate our situations. We elevate what could happen, what couldn't happen. That's what anxiety is. It, it's, it comes from the word like division. So you're, you're divided. What are they going to say? Well, what is he going to do? Well, what am I going to do if they do this? And that's what it is. But Peter would say to you, listen, I've trusted him. I've tried him. He's true. He cares for you. Somebody say amen. I think if we're going to get to where God is, if we're going to get over fear, man, we're going to have to trust God's care. I think also we're going to have to trust God's comfort. Everybody say comfort. I think we're going to have to trust God's comfort. So about 700 years before Jesus, there's a man named Isaiah. It's not me. It's an old dead guy. But his name is Isaiah. He's a prophet. He's about 700 years before Jesus. And he loves God with all of his heart. He becomes the mouthpiece for God to a nation. And he's a prophet. And, and he speaks without hindrance. He speaks without reservation or hesitation. He speaks whatever God tells him to. And he does that to the best of his ability. And he, really, the book of Isaiah, more than any other of our Old Testament books, so Matthew to Malachi, I mean, Je Genesis to Malachi, uh, really any more of those, uh, I, the book of Isaiah is the one where it's most talked about the coming Messiah, the coming Jesus that would save his people from their sins. So Isaiah has this, this, this vision of, of who God is. And then he gets, it's like chapters 40 to 48, he starts to elevate and exalt God um, the Father. And what he wants to do is he wants to reveal the reality of God's presence to the nation of Israel. And he says this, Isaiah 41.10, it says this, So do not fear, for I am with you. 
Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now hold this here. What I want you to see is that there's a command here and there's a promise. The command is don't fear. Why? Because everybody's afraid of something. If not now, you will be in the future. We're all going to be tempted by fear. We're all going to be faced with fear. We're all going to have to look fear in its eyes in one way, shape, or form. But God would say, and I believe the same God that's talking to Israel in this time is the same God that talks to us because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Somebody say amen. He is. So God would say to us today, Access Church family, do not fear for guess what? I'm with you. The command is not to fear, not to be dismayed, but the promise is I'm with you. So it's here that God promises his presence. God, in other words, says that you can make it because I'm with you. When do we get afraid the most, family? When we're alone. That's when you face it alone. God said, you don't have to do that because I'm with you and I'll be there for you. And he says this, I'm going to strengthen you. So I'm not just going to be there and sit on the sidelines of your life and cheer you on. Get at it. Have fun. That a boy, that a girl. No, no. He says, I'm going to strengthen you because he's a strong God. And I'm going to help you because he's a helping God. And he says, I'm going to uphold you with my righteous right hand. In other words, God will comfort us. How do you get over fear? You've got to trust God's comfort. You've got to trust that he, he's with you. His presence is with you. So many of us, again, we, we feel alone. So many of us, we could be in a room like this and feel like nobody else is here. We just feel alone. And maybe God sent me to tell you today that he is with you that he cares for you, and that he is able to comfort you in that time, in those times of fear. Again, we elevate so many things, but one of the things that we should elevate is God's comfort in our life. I have one, uh, one son, one daughter, but my son, Nehemiah, he's seven years old. He is the best thing, man. He's awesome. Love him. And I remember um, probably a while back, he said to me, because um, in his room, he has bunk beds. I remember he said, hey, dad, can you sleep with me tonight? I'm like, all right, why, Nehemiah? And he's like, well, because, you know, I get scared, and it's kind of dark. He's like, so how about I sleep on the top bunk, and you sleep on the bottom bunk? I'm like, all right, we can do that, you know. And I was like, so what you want me to do? You want me to sing your song? Want me to pray for you? Like, what you, you know? And he's like, no, no, just, just sleep there. And then he said this. He said, if you're, if you're there in the room with me, then, then I won't be afraid. And I think in that moment, it kind of clicked. I think that's the relationship that God wants with us, is that when he's with us, we don't have to be afraid. Like, when he's with us. Now, do you always feel like he's with you? May you always sense that? Ah, sometimes, maybe not. I'm a big feeler. I like to feel things. Anybody like me? You like to just feel God's presence. You know, you feel like, God, if you're real, I want to feel that you're there. But sometimes your faith has to, has to just kick in and just say, you know what, he's here anyway. Does this make sense? Like, sometimes you're just not going to have all the gooseys and all the feelings. Like, it's just not going not gonna to always want to be there. I love what we get on Sunday mornings, right? This worship is amazing. And so many times I feel like, oh, man, God is here. But it ain't always like that. <laughs> but when it's not, we trust God's comfort, that he's there with us, that it's on Tuesday night and you feel alone, you're being attacked by fear. You just have to trust that, God, you're here with me and you're able to strengthen me. And out of your love, you care about me. This is what God, I feel like, is, is laying on my heart to share with you today. This is how we get over it. Here's the thing. I think that God's already over fear. Because I think he knows, hey, I can, care, I can care for you. And I do care for you, right? Like God, we just have to catch up where God is. Does this make sense? Like God's already like, I'm strong enough to comfort you. You just need to come where I am. So some of us just need to take that step today to say, okay, I'm getting over this thing called fear. I'm going to get where you are. I feel like preaching today. But I just, I feel like so many of us have to get to this place 
where we say, God, I'm trusting that you care about me. God, I'm trusting your comfort. Even if I don't feel it, even if tomorrow morning it looks worse than today, I'm trusting you. And I'm, ooh, I feel like free. All right, let me get out of here. Now, what's the third one? Oh, we got trust God's control. All right, there we go. We got trust God's control. We have to trust it. Okay, so Psalm 115. Psalm 115 is like a, like a call and response type of, type, of, type of song, right? So you're writing it, and it's like, it's like in church, like what we just did, where I said, God is good, and all the time. Okay, so this is the type of song. It's like a guy would get up in the, in the ancient synagogues, and he would, he would get up and say a line, and then everyone would kick back one, and then he would kick back. And so, but out of this, there's many verses in Psalm, Psalm 115, but out of this, I think we learned something in, in, in verse 3. It says that our God is in heaven, and he does whatever pleases him. Our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. Now, when you read that, you're like, all right, that sounds cool. But back in the day, what you could do is you could ask someone, hey, where's your God at? And if they served a God that, that maybe was like in the temple, they'd be like, oh, that, that thing. Or if there was an idol that they had that was like a physical item, they would say, oh, this is my God. So this was written so that when people who served the one true God said, hey, where's your God? They could say, oh, my God's in heaven. And guess what? He's doing whatever he pleases. This is where we need to learn, family, that God is God by himself. That he doesn't need our help to be God. He's doing what he wants, because he wants, how he wants, when he wants. <laughs> so the temptation and fear is to say, God, where are you? God, what are you doing? God, can you move this mountain? God, can you do this? God, can you provide this? And that's the temptation is to do all of that. And God is saying, I'm doing what I need to be doing. So you have to trust me. Does this make sense? Now, it's not always easy. But I think what God is teaching us is that he is in control. So just write that in your notes. God is in control. God says, I'm the God that sits high and I look low. We sang it today, that God reigns above everything. Everything in the earth, above the earth, beneath the earth, is under his command. The temptation with fear is to say, man, like all this other stuff is bigger than God, but we forget the one who's really in control is God. So in the good, in the bad, in the ugly of life, Everything in our world's not good, right? But God's still in control. Because God allows things to happen. He permits things to happen, but nothing happens without his control. We say this in, in, in theological talk that God is sovereign. In other words, he's in, in control. He knows what's happening, when it's happening. Nothing catches him off surprise. So if we're going to get over fear, we have to trust his control. Does this make sense to you, church? Like we got to trust his control in every situation. Things may not look like how you want them to look, but God is still in control. I, I read it uh, just a couple weeks ago that fear is our most powerful emotion. The problem with fear is it can control you. I said it before and I'll say it again. There are people here living in fear. Perhaps people online that are living in fear and dread every day. I don't believe that's the life that God called us to, but that, that's, that's just how it is. Fear will... will, will Take control of your life if you let it. I, there are some things I don't care to have control about, then there are some things in this life I'm like, yeah, I would like some, a little bit of control of that, right? I don't know if you're like me. Um, 
But um, this is actually the reason why I don't actually like going on cruises, okay? I don't like it. I went a few years ago. You can look at me crazy if you want, but I went a few years ago. Years ago, everyone was like, oh, guess what? It's gonna be fun. You can eat all you want. You won't even feel the ship moving. It's gonna be an amazing time. So we went on this cruise, and they were wrong. It was horrible. We had such bad weather, I didn't like it. They canceled our second day of the trip because they said, hey, it's too dangerous to go where we were gonna take you guys, so we're just gonna anchor right here in the ocean. That was horrible. I said in that moment, God, if you get me off this cruise ship and I don't die, I promise you, I will never get on another one again. And he got me off, so I'm not going on one. I can't do it anymore, so don't invite me. Not going on a cruise, I didn't like it, right? And it's funny, but here's the deal, man. I was just, I was standing there and it was horrible because as I'm standing there, I'm trying to stay put, but I realized I had no control of where the ship is going, where it's not going, and it kept going like this, back and forth, back and forth, and I couldn't stop it. I don't like it. I'm like, I'm standing still. How is this thing still moving? I don't like it. It's a loss of control, right? We all hate that because we all want to have control. As humans, there are things that we want to have control over, but we fail to realize the one that's really in control is God. That's who's actually in control of our lives. So we're going to close up just like this. I have some, some stuff in your, in your sermon notes, and if you're with us online, you have those sermon notes there. There's just three statements <clears throat> that I want you to take home, three statements that next time you feel fear, I want you to just say these, just to remind yourself that you can get over it, that you can get to where God wants you to get, because you can do this. Here it is. Number one, I'm over fear. It's real practical. I'm over fear because God cares for me. Pastor said, how, how do I experience the care of God? You ready? You have to let him care for you. <laughs> Peter said, cast all of your care, all of your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. We have to let God care for us. He's very good at it, but we have to let him care for us. What we're good at doing is saying, okay, God, I'm fearful in this area, but I think I can make it, so I'll hold on to this. But I cannot make it in this area, God, so you take that. Peter would say, cast all of your care. Not just a little bit of it. Not the stuff that you think you can't control. All of it on him. So next time you're faced with fear, here's what I want you to say. I'm over fear because God cares for me. He cares about the details of your life. He cares about the big moments of your life. He cares about the small moments of your life. He cares about it all because he actually, truly cares for you. Here's the second thing. I want you to be saying this as you leave. Next time fear hits you, I'm over fear because God comforts me. I'm over fear because God comforts me. Some of you right now, you need to just tell yourself, God is with me. God is with me. God is with me. I can do this. I can face this because God is with me. We, we, we talked in Mexico with, with the people we were ministering to. That was our message. God is with you. You're going to make it. You got more in you than you think. God is with you. He's a good God. He's a faithful God. He's an awesome God. He's a healing God. He's a providing God. You can do this because God is with you. Some of you need to just take that home with you. God is with me. I got this. Here's the third one. I'm over fear because God is in control. I know we like to have control. But some of you just need to say, okay, God, you got this. God, you hung the sun, the moon, the stars, the sky. You feed the birds of the air, the lilies of the valley. God, you got this. God, I can rest in the fact that, man, I know I'm feeling fear, 
I know I don't want this reaction. I know I, I can't do that. I know I feel inadequate in this. I got some fear, but you know what, God? You're in control. You got it. You've been God a long time. And even after I'm done, you'll still be God because you're an amazing God. Come on. This is where we got to get to the place. We got to catch up with where God is. He's already there. God's already over fear for you. He conquered fear when he conquered the cross. And now he, what he wants us to do is live a life without fear. But when we face fear, knowing he's got our backs. Come on, all of this room, let's pray. Jesus, we love you. Really, none of this works if we don't have you. All of these things that help us get over fear have to do with you, God. We have to trust not our care for ourselves, not the care from friends and family, but your care for us. For you care much more for us than we even do our own self. Help us in that, Lord. Lord, help us to trust your comfort. Even when we don't sense it, we don't feel it, we can't understand it, help us to trust that you are there. Finally, Lord, help us to relinquish control of our life to you. Let us follow you and be good followers of you, knowing that you are in control. Same God we read about, the same God that performs so many miracles is the same God that we're praying to right now. So you have control. We love you.